Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, people of the internet, to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew. And I'm Marquez. Are you? You sound different. Oh, oh. got him. Got him. Not for video. You guys Watchers, are stuck with me today, saw. nerds. Marquez <laughs> uh, is out. Yeah, we've had a pretty crazy week. Marquez is out. Mm. David and I are coming at you on Waveform today. Yeah, but David Prime, not David Blaine. David Prime. Th- David Blaine will be coming at us in That's this episode. true. It is true. We are going to kick off today's episode with a David Blaine, the uncut interview from Mark with Marquez he put something on his channel mm-hmm. but he has the full one here they sat down for a while while David Blaine played with cards and told him his whole whole kind of story arc. his fortune yeah you were here when he was here right I, I missed was. it it, it looks like very a lot weird of <laughs> there was a lot of weird magic going a on. lot of uh, did you get that uh tattoo on your hand no I did not pretty, I got pretty disappointed like a hundred dms saying that <laughs> I needed sure to get that tattooed onto my hand wait can you explain that for yeah. the listeners yeah so we were hanging out with David Blaine, and he did not get near me at all. He was maybe t- like five feet away from me the entire time. And then he told me to open my hand, and there was an eight like in marker on my hand like, after he randomly drew an eight out of a deck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, <laughs> it was pretty, I, I, I wasn't here, but if anyone thinks that was fake... The amount of times I've heard these guys talk about how it happened proves to me that it definitely tricked them. They were not in on that yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm convinced that he is actually a dark wizard. Okay. And that he has a few tricks that he'll just like explain to people so to make it seem like he <laughs> isn't actually a dark wizard. He has the sleight of hand tricks yeah. to make up for the actual Yeah, because he never wizard. tells his like actually insane tricks. Sure. I don't think they're tricks. I think it's just magic. It's not. Um, we also have Pixel Watch Rumors later, Apple Ooh. Repair Program, Ooh. and of course, Stick to the End, Trivia Question Answers will be there. First off, we kind of have to mention it, um, Elon Musk buying Twitter, mm-hmm. the deal like was approved. Yeah, it's still going through. Yeah, it's still going through. It's a broad spectrum of things happening right <laughs> yeah. now. There's a lot of stuff going on with it, a lot of different sides of it. The thing about it right now is it's all speculation, right? Yeah. Like what's going to happen? Pretty much. I, I had to, I actually tweeted last week, like, wow, not even daily podcasts can keep up with what's yeah, going on. Exactly. I, I think like if we were to attempt on Wednesday to say something, it would be done. It would be, it would be different by Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is probably already going to be outdated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll talk about it sometime in the future. Uh, we'll see what happens because a million things could happen or almost nothing could happen, even yeah. if he does buy it. So yeah. we don't really know. It could, they said that the deal should go through by the end of the year but that's a long time. Yeah, it's so, we're in Q2 right now, so yeah. we've got some time. Okay, yeah. cool. So maybe you'll hear us talk about that next year. Possibly. Yeah, Possibly. next year. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, all right. Cool. So we're going to hop into the David Blaine interview. Stick around. It's super, super interesting, especially if you haven't watched the YouTube video yet. Um, and we'll be back soon. All right, David, I have so many questions for you. I guess last time we spoke, we were in the middle of the desert in Arizona. <laughs> You had just come down from this balloon trip from, was it 20,000 feet? How high did you go? 
Some crazy. I, I actually went to twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand, which was on my watch. But he yelled, "No, no, don't pull you up!" After he said, "Go, go, go!" Mm. And it was really it, so it registered as twenty four nine on there. Okay. But I was at twenty five on my watch. I was on the ground. <laughs> I could see everybody like talking to you and like the whole broadcast setup, and that was a fun time. But you know what threw me for a loop? I'm happy it was safe and it was for, for my daughter, and she was there, and I wanted to keep it happy and fun and all that stuff. Yeah. So the dangerous part of the stunt was really in the training, not mm -hmm. in the actual stunt itself. And the part that I really was concerned about was the recovery afterwards, obviously, which is that's where the whole team was around to think about that. Yeah. But I wanted to go higher than anything on Earth. So Mount Everest was 29,000 feet, a little more than 29,072 feet or something like that. Yeah. And... I guess because the FAA and everybody suddenly thought that I was going to go hypoxic because I wasn't doing the proper O2 breathing. So suddenly I'm being remote popped down oh. and I can't keep, I'm like, where, come on, what's going on? <laughs> I want to keep, keep going. going. So anyway, but it, but it was a lot of fun. And because they were able to remote pop everything, yeah. they did, as soon as I deployed, jump down they recovered the entire rig and that, all of them. That was a high-tech experiment. Like, I got to see the, like, the aftermath of, like, so you jump out, they've got the remote control and, like, tracking of this huge rig, essentially an aircraft. It continues to fly. They, they lower it to the ground. They recover it. Like, I got to see all that happen. Yeah. Uh, I was very impressed with the amount of tech happening, even though at its core, it's you with some balloons, which was amazing. But if it was just me and the balloons, then it would have actually been something that I wasn't into because I didn't want to just leave balloons to go float away and, like, destroy the environment, you know, whatever. Just go pop in the desert yeah, somewhere. So yeah. I, that's, that, so the big, big team and all the work really was on how do we recover the rig? How do we bring everything back down? Which is they remote pop every single balloon and then lower it. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so you put that on YouTube Yeah. and one of my favorite things about like, I'm pretty sure I've found, and I'm sure a lot of people watching this have found your magic on YouTube somewhere. And if I look back far enough, you're easily one of, I don't speak to a lot of people who have been uploading to YouTube longer than me. But you were one of the first people to like blow up on YouTube. People know David Blaine magic from yeah, YouTube. Yeah, it came. Yeah, it started with YouTube. So how did you? Why did you decide to put stuff on YouTube? Because I know my answer, but like sharing magic well, with well, the world. Well, I felt like the medium was was changing. So I felt like the natural progression, and and now it really is. Now the only way people look at things is on their phones, which is unfortunate but therefore there's also the fortunate part which is they have lots of access to anything that they can think of so you can yeah. learn anything from anyone anyone anywhere in the world anytime which is really speeding up the process of the learning curve which is amazing hmm. but now there's youtube instagram uh TikTok. tiktok which i haven't figured out yet i'm so it's so it's so We're on the same page with TikTok, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, no, but I'm not against any of it because I, I actually like all of it. Uh, but it's just I have my brain hasn't understood how to do that yet because it's like with YouTube, it was kind of like magic was perfect because it was like here's a trick, here's a reaction, boom. That's really that that's and that content is quick and it's gratifying. Yeah. But then you know it started to move to like, there's no time for anything. It has to be like the fastest trick and the fastest reaction. A couple and seconds. Yeah. 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 Quick hits. Yep. I mean, I, I remember I've, I've seen a lot of your videos and, and magic and that was, that was actually part of the entertaining part was that takes you into a sort of a rabbit hole and you just watch as many as you can. You can't get enough. And the reactions from people when you do a trick to them and blow their mind is I think you you described it this way. It's like this universal language. Like everyone has the same like primal mind blown reaction to a good trick. And yeah. YouTube lets you share that with way more people than if it was just one at a time. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It, it allows you to 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 reach anybody anywhere in the world. Yeah. Which is incredible. So now there's a sort of a new chapter because I've seen all these I've seen all these tricks and all these incredible things you've done. But you've now decided to make a class and actually teach magic. So I've been reluctant forever to do magic kits or do any of those types of things, which is ironic because my mother's a teacher and my brother's a teacher. So they're both teachers. So I always do understand the amazing and important effect that you have by teaching people stuff that you're 
that you worked really hard on. But I was still reluctant because magic is such a, a, a confusing area because these secrets are so powerful, but you don't want to just give them away because that's yeah. part of the art itself. Yep. So every time somebody said to me, though, could you teach me a trick? I always feel bad that I can't. You know, it's like I want to. Mm -hmm. Of course I want to. And often I do teach them something quickly. Like I'll be like, here, I could teach you something. Mm -hmm. But that's not really good enough. So the idea of being able to create any kind of class that I wanted with studio, which is Max called me up and he was he understood all about magic. He did all of his research. He could perform magic. He also learned how to play chess so he could play Magnus. And he lasted quite a few moves against him. Wow. And he learned how to memorize a deck. So when he showed me all these things, and he said, well, I'll do whatever you want to make this class something that's incredible like and amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, it was it was it was very difficult to say no to that because and I and I know if anybody wants to take the class, they're not just going to get the secrets. They're going to be they have to actually enroll. They have to like commit to it. It's a month long class. So the idea of a student trying to learn some of the things that were what, what got me started, some of the basic things in magic that I love, I think that was kind of the inspiration and that's what led me to agree to do this. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, there's an incredibly high number of people that I could think of right now who if I said, if you could learn David, if you could learn magic from David Blaine, would you, would you take that opportunity? And I think they'd all say yes, but it's really hard for you to take that time to teach all of them. It's kind of like the same thing you were just saying, like, I want to take the time to talk to everybody about tech, but I don't have that amount of time. So being able to put out something actually good and like that you have control over and that you can really make amazing and share this with as many people as possible is that's like 2022 David Blaine. That's pretty sick. It's dope. <laughs> I I also want to ask you, like, how do you decide what stuff to, to share in the class versus what stuff you continue to work on and evolve? So most of the, of the stuff that I share is actually for beginners for people that are, you know, beginner, intermediate people that want to be able to like walk into a situation and, and do some magic and not, you know, it's, it's, I think it's such an amazing art form and it's so, it's so such a deep dive into psychology. It's technical, it's math, it's science, it's logic. It's all these things combined and there's a, a philosophy behind it. So I feel like the people that you know, come, come into it. I feel like they'll have a, a, a new appreciation for the actual art of magic itself. Actually, I think yeah. like you're going to suddenly realize, Oh wow. When this magician's doing a trick, he, he does, it's a lot of work. It's not just like he's doing this quick trick that has no meaning. And it's like, Oh, he learned it for three seconds and now he can do it. It's like, Oh yeah. wow. These guys, all these magicians out there work really hard at their craft and it's special. Can confirm. I mean, you're seeing it now, but you've taught me a little bit. I've been working on the tricks. I can't even do this every well, you, time. Perfectly. Yeah, but you learned it fast. Wait, let yeah. me see if I can do one right now. What is it's it called Char again? Charlie A. Cut. Yeah, Charlie you a. learned it fast. Is yeah. there a person yep, named Charlie Yep, there you go. Yep, perfect. <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's decent. No, you just did it, but you I, learned it fast. But that's the that's the, the, next, the type of the appreciation. The next phase would be like this. Oh, see, that's just. And the uh, next would be like this. These are the ones that, but these are the ones that I don't go into teaching because these are, you know, the, this is, this is different. I do like the. <laughs> Those things. The evolution of a trick, like here's level one, here's level two, here's level three. That's, that's sick. I am also like, I think. We talked a little bit off camera about this, but I feel like I learned a lot of how I communicate ideas through making YouTube videos, like getting creative and, and like public speaking in a way. Uh, I, I gave a, a talk to some some Googlers at this thing and, you know, I came off stage afterwards and somebody said, that was amazing. How, how often do you public speak? I was like, that's the first time I've ever done that. But I was really just in like video mode. Um, I'm curious, like, does does performing magic sort of have a similar effect for you? Do you find new ways to communicate things? Does that help you in other parts of life, even just developing these tricks and working on stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <clears throat> so the idea of just learning how to feel confident enough to go out and actually try something, and then it is a performance. It is public speaking. So there's a technical part of it that's really 
you know, difficult that you can master with repetition, but then you have to learn the other part of it, which is how do I go out there and communicate this? And that's the part that's the most interesting to me because everything is really just a trick. But when you apply what your meaning is or why you're doing it or who you're doing it to or how you can relate to that person, then it becomes something much deeper and much more interesting. Yeah. And you've you've done like these tricks to almost any person I can name has experienced some sort of incredible magic. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite reaction you've gotten? I mean, you know, there's so many amazing reactions, but you mean on somebody like well-known or whatever. Maybe you did a trick and you just were like, I can't believe this person loved the trick so much. I mean, I I, I, I was once at a dinner with a, a dear friend of mine and Mickey Rourke and Tupac <laughs> and, you know, Tupac, we were at Cafe Tobacco and he was smoking at the table. So he's a little buzzed and I start doing magic to him. And the next thing I know, I look over and he's like on the floor laughing, like kicking his legs like a little kid. And that was, yeah, that was a pretty, and he's also Tupac, you yeah. know, so that was a pretty exciting reaction. But there's all kinds of reactions that I get that are amazing. And sometimes it's the opposite. It might just be somebody's completely still like a kid that I did magic to in a bar stow and I made a coin disappear off his hand. It was in my first oh, show. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, guy. yeah. And he just stood there and he's like, cool. <laughs> and that was all. And I obsessed over him. But, you know, yeah. and then I wanted to put that trick on ABC and they were like, no, it's not his reaction. I was like, this is the best thing. And then after that, I think he got a Taco Bell commercial or something. That's an up. iconic. And that's all over YouTube. <laughs> that's exactly. That's what I'm talking about. See? And then what was funny was those spoof videos that came, like, not that long ago, like yep. 10 years ago or something. You had those, like, David Blaine street magic videos. Those I was gonna, did you enjoy those? You got yeah, to watch those as yeah. they came out? That was yeah. some of my favorite videos. Yeah. Now, that, now well. that guy Mikey Day, has a, he got a, a, a lead in SNL after that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's incredible. So, yeah, you know, magic. These types of things, they're, they're all creative. I, I view you as a creator, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, you you put stuff online, you adjust the way you present, you, you're creative in the way you combine things, and you're able to to make something new, and that's, like, amazing, and you get to share it with people, and that's, like, inspiring for me, so I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Who have you not yet performed a trick for that you want to? That's a good question, I mean, there's a guy named Grigory Perlman who I'm obsessed with, okay. and he won the Fields Prize. He's like a mathematician. He lives in St. Petersburg, okay. and he's like one of the more famous recluses. The other guy would be J.D. Salinger, but Grigory Perlman is like, he's unbelievable. As a matter of fact, he he, he turned down um, the, 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 the prize of a million dollars for solving an impossible conundrum that took him... You know, once he solved it, the math community, they, it took them, I think, 12 years to even realize that he was right. So Jeez. when they gave him the million dollar prize, he turned it down. And finally, a reporter found him, they say, living in a cockroach infested apartment on his mother's floor. And they were like, how could you turn down a million dollars? What's wrong with you? Like, how could you do that? And he said, please don't bother me. I'm busy picking mushrooms. So, so that guy would be pretty amazing to go do magic. I, I think so. I think so. We'll try to make it happen through the power of YouTube. We'll see how long that takes. But David, but I, hold on. I want to say one other thing, Marcus. So, okay. so like I said, I always try to teach people magic. Yeah. Right. Like I'm always like I would. The way you are fit with your hands and your ability to learn, it's 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 mind blowing. It was a very fast learning curve, as you know, and mm -hmm. I reacted to that. So it just that was I was very impressed, you know, and, and, and once again, th that was part of my excitement in the beginning was just I know you're so athletic, you're so smart, you're so talented. So seeing the immediate learning curve was inspiring. And then you pulled the stuff off quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, you, I, I had the best teachers, so I definitely had a, <laughs> a pretty, pretty good head start there. Yeah, but you, you, you're, you, the way you learned it and the way you pulled it off right away, we did it to your crew, yep. did it over Zoom, yep. and you improvised and you came up with stuff. So that, you know, that, that was for me, that wasn't, that's worth the whole thing right there. Like watching you learn and adjust and, and come up with things. And it yeah. was fun. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. The improv the improvisation part is the hard part, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, but you were like throwing people. You're like, oh, make sure I, I don't have some special thing so I can see through the camera, <laughs> the, the odds. The tech stuff, the odds. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's all fun. It's all fun. All right. So every podcast, everyone we have on the, the podcast, right? we give them a keyboard yeah. and we just say type the alphabet A through Z. Wow. And I'm slow as all
Dude, I yeah. am slow. You might be surprised. No. Oh, no, no. I'm slow. Is perfect. Having your name slow. on the leaderboard is going to be great. Slow, but I'll do it. But okay. I'll, No, but I mean, like, beyond slow. You're going to unpack, right? Hunt, yeah, hunt I've got one for you, of totally course. Fine. Are we <laughs> recording already? All right, ready? <laughs> Go for it. All right, chiclet style. Double digit? Single digit. Come on, man. That's fast. Is it? Single nine Is, seconds. That's not fast. That's. You, That's I was bad, getting like 25 second vibes. I'm not a typer. That's I, pretty <laughs> good for not a typer. You're not. A, you're not well, last. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm, this is not my thing. No, 9.7 is slower than 9.4. Oh, 9.7. All right. Well, you're still single digits, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world. Let me Save see. it. Hold on. You can hit another one. Enter. You want to okay. hit it again? Yeah, let's just see. Go Hold for on. it. I, I'm not gonna. It's a... <laughs> see, once you start, it's addicting. Ah. Let me do it again. Hold on. Bumped it down Hold a little. 9.6. Yeah, yeah, no. Hold on. Sub nine. All right, I'm, We're I'm counting keeping that. my eight. We're counting my that. Eight, eight, two. Eight, eight, two. Eight, eight, two. Eight, two is my lucky number. There you go. We can say you're lucky with numbers, but I think we know at this point you're going to get a good number anyway. <laughs> eight, two. Well done. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. We'll catch you guys next time. All right, welcome back. Uh, looks like dark wizardry doesn't really help typing. No, you know. Unfortunately, some not. Some people have better things to do with their lives. <laughs> they, they <laughs> do. I don't. Really I don't know if that's typing. a diss or uh, like a pro. To not I mean, be good dude, at I spent like an entire summer just like trying to get better at typing. I just yeah. because I was really into mechanical keyboards really, in like really 2014. So. Same here. Same here. Um, I'm right. sure a lot of people can relate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a? Uh, let's do a trivia question. Oh boy. See, this is your first trivia. <laughs> I mean, so it's only my like third trivia question but let's let's see what adam's got for us so there's a twist today because marquez is out david whatever score you get is getting added to marquez's <laughs> don't kill me dude <laughs> so you better don't kill you better me come marquez. okay okay try. first question mm. when did tesla release their first car okay i think i have an idea <clears throat> i think i have an idea and I'm probably very wrong. Marquez would have gotten this. Yeah. <laughs> How could you do this? That's Marquez why he's going to listen to this after. He's going like to be like, slamming his exactly why I chose William. this. <laughs> All right. We're going to hop on a quick ad break. And when we get back, Pixel Watch, I know you're excited yes. to talk about this. Cool. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. We are going to talk about Pixel Watch, mm-hmm. something we've definitely never said on this podcast mm-hmm. before. <laughs> Just getting probably like 30 different times, but yeah. uh, this seems like... Would you say this is the closest we've gotten to seeing a Pixel Watch? Yeah, I mean, we saw what is allegedly an actual Pixel Watch yeah. in the wild. And we've this thing has been rumored for as long as I, I can remember. Probably since I started working here. I mean, I, I am pretty sure that after the Apple Watch came out, everyone probably started talking about the Pixel Watch. But it's been years now since the mm-hmm. first renders started leaking. And like there were rumors it was going to sh- ship with the Pixel 6 and then it didn't. And now there are rumors yeah. that it might ship with Pixel 7, but we might see rumors of it at I or uh, we might see like a intro to it at IO. Okay. That would be interesting. So, what was, was that IO last year where they talked about like the partnership with Tizen? Is that what I the like Samsung stuff? Thinks it was where so. they were like outside and it was eerily quiet yeah. because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Because I re- they, well, they also shut down uh, the, air the air traffic, traffic. over yeah. Mountain View. That was definitely when they talked about their partnership. So that was kind of to me that made it feel like maybe I should stop thinking about Pixel Watch <laughs> because it made it seem like they gave up and they're just like let's work with Samsung instead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they kind of the funny thing is like Tizen is quote unquote dead, but they sort of made Tizen into Wear OS. Okay. And Tizen was a lot better optimized than Wear OS. Like Wear OS generally was just kind of laggy. but mm-hmm. So it looks like Wear OS, but it has like a lot of Tizen features. Okay. Anyway, um, Wear OS is very different now than it used to be. Yeah, yeah, um, But like you said, we saw one. Yeah. Sort of. Or yeah. we think we saw one. It's, okay. it's kind of the classic, the old iPhone left at a bar. Yeah. It's literally left at a bar. It, it, there's this wacky story that happened um, where this guy basically left a Pixel Watch prototype at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So the story goes that this guy's friend works at the restaurant and he found the Pixel Watch mm-hmm. and he apparently held on to it for a couple of weeks, but nobody came get, came back to claim it. Yeah. So then he gave it to his friend who is apparently like self-proclaimed tech nerd. Yeah. I, I think that's what he called himself yeah. online. And then he posted about it on on Reddit. And, and it got pretty big. And yeah, it got pretty Pretty big. And then obviously everybody, there's a million articles about it yeah. because wearables are hot. And yeah. 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 Especially he, Pixel Watch. He posted a bunch of photos of his like wrist with it on and all these yeah. things. And I think the craziest part about it is that it looks pretty much like all of the renders that we have been seeing for literally years. Yeah. It, it does look very similar to some of them. Some of the most recent renders we've seen since Google acquired Fitbit had that very like Fitbit rounded, like really domed rounded mm-hmm. edge on it. Mm-hmm. I think it looks so much like the Louis Vuitton smartwatch yeah. that we have. <laughs> yeah, it like does. the Louis Vuitton watch, it's like super domed and they actually do a kind of cool thing where it like bleeds to the edges and yeah. you can see it from the sides. But isn't there a picture like of the bezels yeah, on this there's new a one? Thick bezel on yeah, this thing. So I don't think it's gonna do that. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, there were some leaked renders that may or may not be real. Again, like everything that's leaked is speculation. Yeah. Um but some photos from like a PowerPoint presentation that said like almost bezel-less design. But then you look at the photos that the guy took photos of and uh-huh. very not bezel-less. Yeah, and so... Very not bezel It might be a touch-sensitive um, ring, though. Like ring on the outside. That would be yeah. really cool. Have we seen that? I think the Galaxy Watch 4 non-classic has a digital ring. Okay. That's uh, really cool. Could be wrong. I, I think so. We'll double-check that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so, okay, he found it at a bar, yeah. gave it to this guy. Yeah. It does not turn on, correct? So he tried to boot it, mm-hmm. and it shows a Google logo. Yeah. And that's why it's pretty much like, oh, this is like a Pixel Watch prototype. Okay. And there's also like pins on the side that probably will not be in the final design, so it's almost definitely like a internal okay, version. Yeah, yeah. And it had a box, too, and the box was like, oh. this product has not been certified with the FCC and like all of this Someone stuff. left the box at the bar? Yeah. I did not. Like, <laughs> it was like with the whole thing. And... On Reddit, everyone was like, this is definitely a planned leak. And uh, 
I don't know. So I don't think so, but I definitely, there's a storyline I could see where this would be planned. And my biggest speculation there is how he like, he posted it and then he's like, oh yeah, my friend forgot to give me the bands to it. And Mm. then made a whole second post of it like then on his wrist. Yeah, I mean, I I think this guy is, is telling the truth. I think it's legit also. Yeah. Uh, Whether or not somebody like intentionally left it at a bar and then didn't come back Mm -hmm. for it. Like if you, if you leave something like that at a bar, you should probably be looking for it. Yeah. Um, Why bring it in the first place? Yeah. And yeah, you that's should probably thing. be checking Leave for it. Leave it in your car. Time. Don't bring it in a yeah, restaurant. Yeah. Why would you bring it in a restaurant? It's so strange. It's, there's minor skeptical yeah. in there, but, uh, but anyway, whatever. yeah, he tried to boot it. It showed the Google logo and wouldn't get past that. So people are thinking that it has, doesn't even have an OS on it right now. Okay. Um, but then it died. And there was no charger with it, so mm-hmm. he had no way to like recharge it to try to get to the logo yeah. again and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like his friend did have separate bands that were in another box that were in a separate box, and it looks like it's a proprietary band system, just like the Apple Watch. Okay, um, which is like good and bad. I don't know how much support for bands Google is going to have. That's sort of the thing with the Apple Watch is that mm-hmm. like they release new bands all the time. Yeah. And, and they're I great. hope the third-party ecosystem of bands would get good on the Pixel Watch because the Apple Watch third-party bands, there's so many. People mm-hmm. make them on Etsy. Exactly, yeah. but, And they're all really good, and you can get really good ones for really cheap. Yeah. So I, We've talked about it before. I was using a braided loop from Etsy, and it's fantastic where, funny enough, I got a, a different band for the Garmin watch I'm wearing right now that was third-party from Etsy, oh. and I was like reaching down to tie my shoe, and it just this right now oh. is the normal one. It just fell off because... Garmin has these little connector pins that I don't think are great. And when you're third party making that, it just bent and just pulled the whole band off. So yeah, I was I was thinking that like third party bands are awesome. There's a million of them. But when you're Apple and you have that sales number, they can like way more people are gonna make those and you can find better ones where then you're looking for third party. And for whatever reason, every first party band feels like it costs an arm and a leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it hurts to buy like spend eighty bucks on it. Dude, they're so expensive. It's crazy. And the nice Apple Watch ones are $100. Yeah. It's, for like, <laughs> and you can get almost the exact same quality on Amazon or yeah. like on Etsy for like 20 bucks. And it's really a bummer. Less, $7. It, it's great to do that because like you're wearing a watch all the time, you know, switch it up every yeah. once in a while. Totally have different, different ones. Exactly. That's yeah. like the fun thing. It's also great gift. If you have a friend with an Apple Watch, an Apple Watch band is like mm-hmm. one of the best true, easy gifts true. you can get someone. Yeah, I think people have been wanting a Pixel Watch for so long because the Apple Watch has been so dominant. Mm -hmm. There have not been like a ton of great Android Wear, well, Wear OS smartwatches. The uh, Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 is definitely pretty good and probably up there for like one of the best alternatives Mm -hmm. if you want a Wear OS watch. So considering Google partnered so intensely with Samsung on the new Wear OS and then apparently on this Pixel Watch... That's going to be a big deal. The rumors are actually that it's going to be running an Exynos chipset. Okay. Which is good news, in my opinion, um, because most of the Snapdragon Wear chipsets in the Snapdragon ones just have terrible battery life, bad like performance. They've never been great. Mm-hmm. They went a super long time between the first generation and the second generation chip. And then the second generation chip wasn't that much better. And it was just like, oh, it was such a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, but considering the Galaxy Watch 4 has pretty darn good performance and decent battery life that lasts a little okay. over a day. I mean, it would be nice if That's it was better. Quick, quick <laughs> question there. What would you say is an ideal watch battery life? I mean, ideal for a smartwatch, I would love at least two days. But yeah. the Apple Watch right now is like a day and a quarter. Yeah. And I think that's about what the Galaxy Watch 4 is as well. Okay. I, I like go back and forth on what I think is good. So I've been trying this Garmin for a month. I mean, those last four ever. It's insane. Like, yeah. Working at in one week, or I, I had an eight day battery life on this for a week, and that's with like four or five of those days with at least an hour of working out and tracking, which I thought was incredible. Yeah, but at the same time, it's too clunky. I don't wear it to bed, so like, why do I care mm. that much? So it, it's yeah. nice. I two days feels like perfect to me. You can forget yeah. a night of charging it and be okay. The you know, it's always day. been weird for me is the Apple Watch, like, it has all these sleep tracking features, mm-hmm. but I would never wear it to sleep. Uh, Because I need to charge it at nighttime because it's almost dead by the evening. True. I also, and I don't know if this is only me, if you put your arm under your pillow and you're wearing a watch like ever, I hate it. 
it'll, it'll like wake me up because it gets stuck on the pillow, like sliding oh. your arm under it. Or so that's oh, why yeah, I feel I like I can't. That. I didn't like my Apple Watch. Like when, when you're sleeping. typing with a ring on or a watch on. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Weird. But yeah. But I think everyone's just been like really wanting Google to have for parody, sure. like ecosystem parody with Apple. And there's the Pixel Buds, but they're pretty buggy. There's no Pixel Watch mm-hmm. and they have Chromebooks. So like right now they don't really have device parity. But if they can get a watch out, hopefully they'll get closer. Well, it's just that Apple's had almost eight generations to improve yeah. before Google even released one. For sure. So. I mean, it, it was the big talking point also with Google doing its own chip in the Pixel this year, yeah. which was like, you know, everyone always says Apple's got their ecosystem yeah. because they're making their own stuff. So now Google's making it. Are yeah. we going to get there? So it. It tracks onto there. You know, yeah. you did say they do have their Chromebooks and there is some they minor connectivity. Like, yeah, there's yeah. minor connectivity. So hopefully Pixel Buds could get better. But yeah. Pixel Watch feels like the big yeah. like device. That and wearables would be are really it. hot. They so are. yeah, but I, I think a lot of people the reason pe- a lot of people say they're staying on iPhone is like iMessage and the Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so many people get attached to the Apple Watch because it gamifies fitness in such a good way. Yep. Um, yeah, so apparently there was a reference to the Pixel Watch in a recent Pixel update that okay. 95 Google found. It is codenamed uh, Rohan, which could mean a couple of different things. One, it is the fictional kingdom of men in Middle Earth. Okay. In Tolkien's world. Interesting. Um, and then it is also in Japanese, it means accompanying do. These are just things I found on Wikipedia. And so I was like, there's multiple like possibilities of what it could mean, but these are the only two things that sound feasible. And how? I, I Accompanying have... do would be like, oh, it comes with you and it's sticky. So it like sticks to you. <laughs> like it's it's accompanying your. I okay. don't know. This is like. I like. No, no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like totally guessing. I mean, here. you're talking about a bunch of like software developers and stuff that make some crazy code. Names. Yeah. So that really wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. Names. Like they. Yeah. All the pixels are always like Marlin and like they're all fish. Shamu, yeah, they are a lot of fish. Shamu. Yeah. Um, but Maybe. otherwise, yeah, Rohan, Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they might be showing it off at I.O. and then releasing it with the Pixel 7. That's like the current rumor. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but considering they like already had a hardware unit in the wild, it's probably pretty close to the Yeah, release. I think that sounds totally plausible, especially yeah. with talking about watch stuff last Google I.O. Yeah. And then were Google I.O.'s two months away? Uh, Coming it's up May. pretty it's quick. It's actually May? really soon. Okay. <laughs> I think it's yeah. in a couple weeks. <laughs> so we might see it pretty soon then. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be dope if we saw it soon. Okay. Yeah. Ideal pick. What right now in this new Pixel Watch, what would be like a key feature that would make you super excited for it? And and like we are also, you know, this has been rumored for so long. The It will never live up to the hype, <laughs> right? I think we can agree with that. We've been talking about this for how long? I think that's most pixels to be honest like this year it's gonna be the year but but you have the best you have five years of nothing pretty much of like first generation everything is so clunky though it's gonna be tough but like like what's something that would look really promising on this to you i they need to match apple in terms of like the fitness stuff that i think that's gonna be what keeps people in it and with google fit already yeah, and they've Google, got a head start. On Google that. has done a pretty good job of making their fitness stuff more robust. Mm-hmm. Like they had this whole campaign, like get fit with Google, either last year or the year before. I think it was twenty twenty. Actually, uh-huh. I think it was too. Yeah, and they revamped Google Fit, and it's nicer now. I don't think they have team. They might have team stuff. Um, I don't know. There, there are a few because I'm using a weird thing right now. Or Google Fit works in the Challenges app that we use. Yeah. We we have found it's a little clunky, but that's Challenges. That's yeah. not Google Fit. Um, but yeah. there are a lot of ways to connect things to Google Fit, yeah. which is kind of awesome. I think that they they're going to need they're going to need ways to compete against your friends, mm-hmm. and they're going if they added group competitions. <laughs> yeah, take one step up. That on would be one step Apple up Watch. on Apple. So, um, and maybe force Apple to add it. But yeah, I don't know. The design right now is, I, I know a lot of people like round smartwatches, mm-hmm. so that's good. Uh, but that bezel is very thick. It so. looks thick. It looks tall, yeah. which is usually a gripe of mine yeah, on watches. watches um, yeah. I like like it thin. I don't like it to be huge and clunky. I think Adam's watch bands, screaming internally because he has like the tallest watch ever well, right now. <laughs> it's a, his is a cool watch, though. That's not true. like a nerdy smartwatch. Not a, what did uh, Mr. Wonderful told Marquez, these watches are all 20% off retailers, something like that. He's a, not a big smartwatch fan. But. Yeah, he mm. said that when he walks into a room and someone's wearing an Apple Watch, it tells him that they're 20% off retail. 
Like whatever deal you're about to get, you can get for 20% cheaper because they're wearing an Apple watch. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Watch snobs don't love smartwatches. Yeah, I, can, I, <laughs> I think it's the safe bet that. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, ex- yeah, exciting. So you think we might see something about this possibly in May? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the rumor. I'll Whether or not they're going to do that. <laughs> I'll burn you at the stake <laughs> if you don't. Literally, that's just all it, that, that's what it, that's the rumor. I don't, I'm just re- retelling. I get, no, no. Retelling I, I think this is fun. We've had, as much as we've talked about Pixel Watch, we've had twice as many opportunities because there are renders all the time. Like yeah. we've said, this is the closest thing we've gotten to actual feeling like it's there. Seeing a thing actually in the wild yeah. is like, this is definitely coming up. It also, and it just has that fun old tech news nostalgia feel of the iPhone being left at yeah. the bar. Like we don't <laughs> yeah. get that very often. It's yeah. usually leaking themselves. So yeah. if this was planned out, it was brilliantly planned. Yeah. And, and I'm all here There was for a it. funny Reddit comment. Someone was like, oh, this was definitely left at a bar. And someone was like, isn't it weird that someone knew what it was like they it seems like they would have left it and no one would have known what it was and they would have just like thrown it away or something and then someone said like this is probably the 25th one they've left in the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hoping <laughs> that some nerd walks over and, found and, box and knows what it is <laughs> yeah totally i'm okay. excited for it. What, what the next thing will be able to fall out of sundar's pocket while he's doing <laughs> while he's doing io maybe that's how he'll announce it or he'll just be wearing it yeah just wear it that would Don't be a say flex anything. That'd I could see point. Hiroshi doing that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hiroshi was like using <laughs> Hiroshi was using a Galaxy Fold like during the period where they had to where everyone needed to return theirs. He just kept using it. He's and like the, he's <laughs> the best. Yeah, he's just been using a fold forever. That's amazing. Yeah. So in a way, this is kind of giving me like Moto 360 vibes. Because in a way, the Moto 360 was sort of the original mm-hmm. Pixel Watch. The flat tire. It right? was the first. Well, it wasn't the first Android Wear smartwatch mm-hmm. uh, because there was the LG G Watch that came out. That I was, had that. I loved it. It was so ugly. Really? <laughs> it was so ugly. It was like square and had huge bezels. But then the, yeah, the Moto 360 came I out. I remember. And it had the flat tire, of course. Mm-hmm. But that was such an attractive smartwatch. It was so nice. I think I bought 10 of them. Really? Um, which, yeah, that was way back in the day when I was a poor college student and had no money. That definitely tracks by And I was like, I'm going to sell them to all my friends. Oh. So I, yeah, I like stayed up till 2 a.m. and like ordered a bunch and then sold them to all my friends. And we all just like were the only ones wearing smartwatches because it was like one of the first smartwatches. You guys are probably the coolest kids on campus. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was such an incredible smartwatch and in my opinion, had a much nicer design than this. And that was like, what, 2013? I think that was 2013, possibly 2014 max. It was it was a long time ago. They've had a few iterations since then, but they haven't yeah, quite gotten They had the, the second gen that was a little nicer and then the third gen was made by a completely different brand. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, they just took the, they like sold them the brand name or something and then someone else made it. And apparently mm-hmm. it was decent. But we had still it. made we by got, someone else. We never tried it. We just never got time to. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. I never minded the flat tire thing. And that was like the peak days of Facer. Do you remember Facer? I do not. Uh, it was this app that you could use to like design your own Android Wear oh, faces. Cool. And it was like this whole thing. I made all these ridiculous Android Wear faces. That's yeah. that was back when people were making like Fallout faces. And yeah, everything right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Like, I remember yeah, some of that. the guy, the boy with like yeah, the yeah. arm that would tick. Yeah. By was, the way, it was, it was 2014. Okay. Yeah. Because I was a freshman in college, but it must have been after Christmas, I guess. I just remember that IO. Oh yeah, it was IO. I remember that IO, and I was like, that was the most stoked I've been about anything. Yeah. That. Might have also been the IO where they announced Google Glass. <laughs> they had One a, did a little better. Google and neither had a lot of, did great. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But anyway, I I hope to get as much hype from this physical device as the Moto 360. But I still think the Moto 360 had a superior design, yeah. even with the flat tire. Even I mean, yeah, that's just nostalgic at this point. Yeah. it's fun. So, um, trivia question. Oh, right. You ready for number two? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Just they kind of <laughs> sneak up on you once you, you get it. Oh, we're going to get the second one and then we answer at the very end? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Trivia All question right. number two. Oh, boy. Andrew does not use Chrome or Safari. He uses Mozilla Firefox. What was it originally named? Oh. Yeah. It was not originally called Firefox? Nope. Wow. I used to live like I, right down the street from Firefox. Really? Yeah. 
and they were definitely Mozilla. Save this discussion <laughs> yeah, for yes. the end, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going to take Dang. a quick break, yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll ponder this a little bit okay. during why you listen to ads, and we'll be right back. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And we're back. Now we're going to talk about the Apple repair kit. Yeah. Uh, we released. talked about repair kits like two or three weeks ago and specifically mm-hmm. mentioned Apple announced yeah. it. Just kind of, I think they announced it in November, September of November. Yeah. We're in April now. This will come out wow. almost in May. I just remember that a couple of weeks ago, um, I was with Brandon mm-hmm. and he like broke the uh, back of his iPhone uh-huh. and, we, and we went to the Apple store together and he brought it up to the employee there. He was like, so what about that self fixing Apple repair like program and they were like I have no idea what you're talking about awesome. yeah. <laughs> and so we came All back this- to the studio and we were like wait wasn't that supposed to be a thing yep. and the people gave them like a ton of props for like aiding right to repair and all those things yeah and- I'm pretty sure we're all eager to give them credit for any right to repair just because we want it to actually happen but it, yeah. but it did release this it week did release this week um so it's so it's finally here this is after Samsung and Google both just released a partnership with iFixit, and I believe also like Valve and Microsoft are doing stuff as well. It seems like repairability is becoming a thing, and I do think a lot of it has to do with potential repairability scores coming Mm -hmm. in in other countries and hopefully to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, But so they announced it. They have when you go to their website, there's now a self a self repair link, I guess, that leads you to you read the manual first, then you can order the parts. It's all pretty. I want to say straightforward. Repairing stuff is never straightforward. It's <laughs> yeah, not an it's easy not task. Straightforward. Um, it's complicated. Did you get a chance to look at any of it? I did look at the manuals. Uh-huh. Um, they are pretty well designed manuals. They are. Uh, but I think the one thing that people are pointing out is that it's you're only saving a little bit of money if you do it yourself. So for a you battery, to- it's sixty dollars to just get a, re- a replacement battery at mm-hmm. Apple. 
And if you buy the battery repair kit, it's like $59. But if you send your old battery back, they give you like you a $20 discount or something. Now, but is that re- is it $50 for the battery? Because it's 60. I, 60. So yeah. it's like $49 for the rental stuff, right? Um, do you need the rental stuff? To, oh, maybe not for a battery. Maybe yeah. I'm mistaken. I don't know there. if you need that for a okay. battery. They have like a kit you can get though. For the battery? For everything, I believe. For, yeah, for Just everything. To open it up. Some of the things on there are super intense yeah there's like a, there's like a whole press for the screen for the screen and there's <laughs> yeah. the one to, the, there's a different one to take the screen off it looks like it's like two feet by two feet by two feet big thing that would have to go on your desk and it basically is it like warms the screen up suction cups it and then pulls it off i imagine that it's probably for repair centers that are not like official apple places that want to do it for other people that's what i thought but there is a part in their newsroom article that says um the rental kits will ship to customers for free so the fact that they're putting the term customers in there um and it also says apple tools available to customers on self-service repair store are the same that are used by apple repair network wow (laughs) so situation yeah can you imagine just being like i want to save like 20 bucks i feel like the shipping on that is going to cost apple more than 20 bucks it feels kind of ridiculous yeah and and if we want to jump back to what you said about price we were sort of talking about this right before the podcast started it seems like this is sort of a reason a way for apple to say like hey we will technically let you do this Mm -hmm. yourself and you will save money but the delta is like twenty dollars yeah which i think and that's, we if all, you, and that's if you send your old part back. If you them. send it back, I think we agreed. I think Mark has agreed with us. And I saw a bunch of comments on Reddit is like, you're saving 20 to $30, which seems totally reasonable for labor for someone else that's to do. That's insanely this. cheap for yeah. labor, especially uh, for something that's like a little difficult and you could potentially break your device. Yeah. That's why most repair shops are like $100, because if they break the part, they have to buy another one. Mm-hmm. And then the time, it just the time it takes. Like that's going to exactly, take you yeah. probably an hour. And, and you shipping. have to be really careful. And if you shipping, want a oh week, if you go to a store, you might be able to have it the same day. Like, and yeah. most, most of us don't have a backup phone or like, yeah. or the time to wait for, for like a press, a screen <laughs> press, press to ship to you and then learn how to do yeah. that. I mean, if you're able to use that press to fix other people's devices? Is that the case or do you have to send it back within a specific period I don't know. There time? also was a, on the site a part that just showed the flat out price for some of those. I believe they were like two to $300, which I That's thought was kind of cheap. cheap. So I'm wondering if they're also doing that to help potentially stores who are non-Apple authorized stores, people like Lewis Rossman and stuff like that to have some of the genuine parts. Um, I'm going to have to listen to his take on this too. whole thing to that's see what he thinks. Really he's, good point. he's a guy that's actually repairing Apple stuff. Yeah, we should probably try and get him on yeah. at some time soon <laughs> yeah. to see what he thinks about this. Um, so all of that felt kind of strange and almost unnecessary, not unnecessary, but it feels like the harder thing to do yeah. than to go get it fixed, right? Yeah. Um, my initial thought on this was if we do see repair repairability scores or they're in other places, this is going to automatically make their score better, right? It's going to make mm-hmm. their number on that score better, yeah. which will look better to selling it. This is true. Like How- we talked about on the right to repair deep dive episode, mm-hmm. like countries like France yeah. will have full repairability scores that are like put on the boxes of yep. things. And on the websites as well, like right next to the buy button. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a study that showed a very large amount of people, if a phone were the same price or even slightly different, they would pick the one with the better score, yeah. even if they've been using a device. Yeah, before. it's kind of like a review in a way, yeah. right? And it gives you that peace of mind that you're going to be able to exactly, fix yeah. it. So it only goes back to the iPhone 12. Yeah. Right now, I'm guessing that's just because it was last generation and they maybe don't have, I don't know what they're doing with all the parts of the old, old stuff. So I'm hoping, you know, when the iPhone 16 is out, they still have repairability for iPhone 12. We don't know that right now. Yeah, I mean, if you bought, like, Apple Care is, what, three years? I don't know. I've never had an iPhone. I believe Apple Care lasts three years. I need okay. to double check that. But I thought it was two. Oh, I'll double check right. now. You might be right. But, but I'm pretty sure Apple probably has parts for iPhone 11s. They still sell yeah. iPhone 11s, mm-hmm. which means they almost definitely have parts So I think they'll, they'll, you'll probably see being able to order iPhone 12 stuff. For a while, just yeah. right now, it's only two generations because it's a new, whole new program and everything. No, nope, David's correct. Three years. Yeah, three, three years. years. Cool. So if it's three years, like if they can repair your iPhone 11, they you should, should probably be able to as well. And yeah. that feels a little seedy because it's kind of like, well, if people have iPhone 11s and they break, they should. Pro- they're they're like trying to get you to upgrade to an iPhone 13 or 14. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be the people with the 11s and with the 10s that are going to start needing fixing or just to get a new phone and they want you to get I, I would venture that would be their their yeah. reasoning for that is yeah. if you're on a four-year-old phone is like oh you're probably thinking of upgrading soon already yeah. if you're on a brand new 13 you're probably like i want to get this fixed i yeah. just got this phone mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. whether that's the right reason of thinking yeah. or not is but another i think it would be really fun we'll we'll see if we can make this happen but it'd be really fun for us to try to repair 100 percent want to do yeah. this with with apple products i want to try it with google and samsung uh-huh. i want to see what all of them are like um yeah. and what all these kits are like all uh, of this said and done though i mean the fact that you can is yes. is good we we might be ripping this apart but the fact that Apple is taking a step, I think a lot of people are going to be super pumped about just the manuals being mm-hmm. out because that's been a huge thing Lewis Rossman's talked about, I think mostly with MacBooks, and we mm-hmm. don't see that right now. But just seeing manuals of internals of things is, I think, a good step. Yeah. Um, and I don't think a lot of people thought that was ever going to happen. Yeah, especially so, with Apple, right? Especially with Apple, <laughs> yeah. 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 So all in all, really cool. Like you said, we should definitely do like a I'm studio really, video. I, I want to try that. it really <laughs> yeah. bad. I really want to try it. Yeah. And I want to see what, if they actually ship those giant press yeah. things or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, be fun. But that sounds really cool. And we'll see how it goes in the future. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of itching to uh, the trivia answers. The itching, you're making me feel well, like I'm going to yeah, itch Well, yeah, David now. took I, a pre-workout before. It was an accident. <laughs> an, it was an accidental accident. pre-workout before the podcast, so he's ready to go. <laughs> you better get both these answers right with, and then rip the microphone off the table as you do it. I'm going to get these so wrong. <laughs> All right, the first question. Okay. When did Tesla release its first car? What do you guys think? Can I give two answers? No. <laughs> there. Shoot. Pod, um, Podmaster Adam here has a strict rule book. I have a guess. Do you want me to go first? Or? I'm going to go first. Cool. My original, like the first thing that came to mind in my head was 2009. Don't know if that's too early. So my second guess was going to be 2011. But because we can only have one guess, I will go with 2009 and it's going to be wrong. It's probably going to be 2011. But I, anyway, my guess the Roadster, is, right? Ro- the yeah, original Roadster. Because it was a yeah. Lotus yeah, body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So but that Lotus has been around for so long. I could It has see. been around for a bit, yeah. Uh, my guess is 2012. Um, oh, right. In I guess I also don't know. Did you say this is like when it started selling or when it was announced or <laughs> it doesn't change my answer. Either way. But yeah. I think 2012 is when I remember. But I might also be wrong. That might be model S. That original Lotus one was in such short supply. Didn't they only make like 50 of them or something? I think it was more than 50, but there's Maybe not more. a lot. Um, so like the way I kind of think about it is I first met Marquez playing Ultimate in 2013 and he was really excited to test drive a Model S then. A Model S? Oh, so 2012 is probably too late. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with it. Oh, my 2009 answer might be. It might. The answer, 2008. Oh my gosh. Oh, good guess. Does that make me right? No. No. What? <laughs> that was one year off. Still off. That was on pod uh, quiz rules. He usually gives you one or one an, one year either way, but um oh, this isn't pod quiz. Adams, rules. This wow. isn't pod quiz, baby. This is waveform. Dang. Well. It's okay. It's not yours. It's Marquez's points. Yeah, it's Marquez's points, not yours. So but it's fine. He definitely Okay, whatever. <laughs> what I he Marquez, probably if you're got listening it, though, to so this. He's mad. If you're listening to this, I think I should have got those points for you, but okay. All right, next one. Oh no, this next one I'm not. Oh yeah, I don't get. think I. There's I'm no be way. I, I have to I'm... give you guys a hard one. Can you give yeah. me an easier one? Mozilla Firefox was originally named what? <laughs> I'm just gonna say it was named just Mozilla. Mozilla. I've always said yeah. Mozilla. I think it's Mozilla. Oh, I don't know, Mozilla Mozilla. Well, I think Mr. it's Mozilla. Podmaster over <laughs> here. I, I, I live, only read this. I lived <laughs> down the street from Mozilla for like three years, hmm. but it, it always they always had the Firefox logo out there. I would also wager it was just Mozilla. All right. The correct answer. Oh, no. It's going to be like Turtle or something. <laughs> Mozilla, I guess. Phoenix. Phoenix. Its first name originally was Mozilla Phoenix. With a PH or with an Interesting. F? PH. I want to see like what the, the logo for that. Yeah. I wonder why they decided to do a Fox. Oh, their old logo is so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> We'll show it on the screen uh, for anyone listening. Listener, it's like it. Oh my! How do I even describe this? It's it like looks a like clip du- art. 
Yeah, it looks like a duck that's on fire. But like a swan with its wings out. Yeah, that's like, on fire. Like a swan that's trying to intimidate you that's on fire, but in like really bad Microsoft Word <laughs> clip art. So I mean, it, it looks like pretty web 1.0. Yeah, these old ones. Um, yeah. yeah. New Firefox logo, much, much better. Very good. Great logo, yes. actually. Yes. Um, I use Edge. Here's, do you really? On my phone. On your phone. I use okay. Edge on my phone. That's even weirder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't judge people's browsers on phones. I feel like yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people who are very dedicated to what they have. I'm not that Chrome. dedicated. I just want to ruin my life. So I use cool. Edge on my phone, Safari on my laptop, and Chrome on my Windows computer. So I just don't want any of my Masochist. passwords to be stored. <laughs> 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 All right. That was a fun episode. Thank yeah. you for filling in for us. We appreciate it. I hope everyone had a good time. Um, yeah. I think that was a fun episode. And uh, catch you all in the next one. Goodbye, friends. There we go. The peace sign. Marquez would be sad if he didn't. Oh. There it is. That wasn't forced at all. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina. We are partnered with Vox Media, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Silk. Silk.